The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Hey, it's a Pottercast. Hello. We're Pottercasting. Welcome. Welcome. Here we are. It's our 16th season, everyone. (laughs) Holy cow. I know. I got that 2020 wrapped thing from Spotify for (laughs) Pottercast. Oh, oh, yeah. And it was congratulating us on our 240 minutes of content over four episodes in 2020. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. No. no. Got shade. 40 minutes. Shade from Spotify. Yes, Spotify. Our, so. We were doing a minute a day, and it still wouldn't have been enough. No, it would not, as a matter of fact. So I'm Melissa. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Frankie. Or and Frank. we are always telling you this, but we are really working on getting Pottercast back to you every couple of weeks. Oh, don't don't tell them. We can't that. tell them that. We just have to do it. Our words don't matter anymore. <laughs> like, we just I like how you think. Meaningless. Honestly, two- we just have to just, we just, we can't. It, it's like a deer. Whenever we talk about it, we scare it away. It just goes <laughs> into the meadow. We're, Look, a deer. And it runs away. We just have to be like, shh, just let it happen. Like yeah, <laughs> I'm. I don't know what the deer is in this scenario, but like, the deer is our work ethic, I guess. Okay. <laughs> it just goes away. <laughs> I just, I truly enjoy that y'all think this is superstition at this point. No, oh, yeah. it's not. But I'm just Com- saying we can't say anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. But really, with we have a system. We are working on a system, and also I wanted to mention that back in the beginning of Pottercast. We used to have a lot of different voices on the show and a lot of different people coming from yep. the fandom. And that's how Pottercast started. And then in later years... Not to years, mention a team of editors. Yeah. Or an editor. Yeah. Hey, are you an editor? Would you like to help out on Pottercast? Mm-hmm. Staff at Pottercast.com. Help with Melissa not becoming Pottercast editor. We'll all be happier about it. I promise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had so many people from the fandom we got to talk about fan creation a lot and then as time went on it was a matter of getting the episodes done so it was just getting into a schedule with the least number of us and that's how we that's how Pottercaster came just the three of us but we are reopening those gates and rejiggering this show around more just fun and silly fan discussion rather than basing it around any particular news French news item in the Harry Potter universe or any particular chapter of the book correct yeah <laughs> you have to, sh- let's just show them don't say chapter don't say chapter you scare it away you scare away the chapters all right so if we're gonna show them what are we doing this week we just got some fun stuff we got uh just some fun potter canon rooted chat we have this new segment where we're trying to pitch a spinoff this week we're doing one about the department of mysteries we're calling uh, it hey netflix right yeah say hey netflix, hey, netflix. <laughs> you should do this one next um, That's our show pitch. And, yeah. And then what's the other thing that we're going to do? Do you remember? No. Um, <laughs> one second. No. It was something about... Uh, we were talking about what it... We have a Potter Ponderable. What does it take to oh, right. turn a Hufflepuff dark? Oh, right. yes. That's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. controversial opinions on this one. Yeah. Yes. So those are the, the two segments that are coming in the rest of this show. And that should give you an idea of the kind of format Pottercast is going to take. As we progress, I wanted to touch briefly. We should talk about it. A di- a major piece of <gasps> Potter news did happen. That's right. We got Harry Potter news. There is a little bit of Harry Potter news, which we're only going to do, I think, if and there's major. Are Harry we going to have news. an in depth conversation or an out of depth conversation? <laughs> how do how do we feel about how we have this conversation? Oh, that was good, Frankie. That was funny. <laughs> out of depth. That's funny, Frankie. I yeah, just we're got getting it. out of. But um, Ching. Yeah, they recast Mr. Grindelwald to be another actor named Matt Mickelson, who was Hannibal and Hannibal. Max Mickelson. Mads. M A D S. Mads? He's so mad, he has two Ds. He's got two Ds. <laughs> the decision to, cat, to recast Johnny Depp came after 
he lost his libel suit in the UK. Uh, he sued a newspaper for calling him a quote unquote wife beater. Mm-hmm. And he sued. It's actually a really high bar to, to prove libel. And the court ruling said that phrase was quote unquote substantially true and so they had a right to use it mm-hmm. and so once that ruling came down warner brothers asked him to step aside which he did which how do we did. feel about this warner brothers couldn't possibly have continued to keep him in the the project after that yeah i think once a court says that you can legally be referred to as that in a newspaper article, it's pretty hard to deny. There's a lot there in this trial. They brought forth a lot of evidence that Amber Heard was also abusive. We should make sure to stay to say mm-hmm. and the reason you've never really heard us opine about that is that Amber Heard is not cast in a Harry Potter film. And yeah. obviously, if she was, we'd have the same things to say about mm-hmm. her. I think you. I think the three of us have talked about that privately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to listen to our Aquaman podcast, where we talk about that <laughs> at length. Yeah, I've seen a lot of why don't why is Warner Brothers firing him and not firing her? And it's oh. she had sued and a court had if she had sued over being called abusive and a court had said, no, actually, it's fair to call you abusive. Probably she would have lost her role. also. Okay. Yeah, I was under the impression that Johnny Depp was the only one to say I was never abusive. She always admitted, yes, it got a physical, but he did, too. Like, I thought that was always yes. her argument. Everything is a take and everything is biased and everything is whatever. So I've read the legal arguments and it, it it sounds like they were really terrible to each other and i hope i wish them health and peace and to not have relationships that are this tragic again you know mm-hmm. yeah but it's interesting because it has been intimated to me that had this ruling gone the other way we would have seen no small amount of gloating on the warner brothers side for sticking by him sure and uh, that's disgusting i haven't seen too many opinions saying they're stunned and surprised about this court uh, verdict or whatever you call it not too many opinions that aren't not legal Depp, opinions you know, anyhow exactly. you know certainly there are people in his team Deb, that are like outraged of course sure it's interesting how many of the comment sections that i've seen in instagram comments are flooded with oh this is terrible mm-hmm. i'm not gonna watch the I'm movie boycotting. anymore or whatever mm-hmm. it was like watching people who are outraged at transphobia and Johnny Depp fans come mm-hmm. together over boycotting the Harry Potter movie. And I just think back, and the reason I'm like like exhaustedly laughing is mm. that I think back to how we got here from there. Mm. Yeah. Think about 13 years ago when we were celebrating the end of the book series. How did we get here? It's very Two, strange. Two like, major factors of fandom on the internet are virulently angry at right? this f- series. I know. Do you think it's going to... Do you guys hear about what Warner Brothers is doing with HBO Max? That they're just releasing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're yeah. T- they're partnering up with HBO Max. And so part of me is like wondering is if... Is the third... Maybe if this is the last Fantastic Beast movie and the third one, if it has to go under the cloud of this ambiguous performance window, you know what I mean? But since like theaters will be closed and those releases oh. like... Thing, like right. Like they, they can, can be like, it. oh, they can just be like, I don't know. It, 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 they can just say, oh, it's just, it's not because like they fumbled yeah. it and didn't like the script was terrible and that the casting was problematic. Even if you want to get, because I'll say this, I'm not, I was tired of Johnny Depp before this all came out, just on, just yeah. like seeing his movies wise. And right. I still enjoyed his performances, Grindelwald, even though that movie was not a great movie. Do we think? Do we think Warner is looking for an exit ramp to reduce the embarrassment of this movie franchise failing? I think the answer to that is yes. Yeah. I think they're going to wrap it into the third movie. I think the third movie is going to be the last one. I think they're going to blame COVID. They're going to blame the reduction in profits in the movie industry. And they're just going to say it was better for everybody to move on. Yeah. And Do you think J.K. Rowling has gotten enough negative press that they might want to not work with her as much? Or if never? It's or possible. Do you think she can do that? Or do you think I, no? I think if they're out of Harry Potter related franchises to produce Harry Potter related things, mm-hmm. I don't see something that she writes in the future getting picked up with her current anti-civil rights stance. Yeah, that's not a good look. Where were you this past couple of months, you know, right? trying to trying to get the, the vote out and trying to help, you know, the, the same 
Right. He was <laughs> like these were causes that were pretty important a few years ago when we were tweeting about you know Brexit yep. and everything else constantly, but yep. crickets this time. It was po- that was pointed out to me by a friend of mine who said who showed me her tweets from 2016 urging Americans to yeah. reject Trump, and how this year it was crickets. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yeah. This anti-trans stance of hers, God, it's being quoted by Republicans. I don't want to, look. You, you all know where we stand politically, and we're not hiding it. But yeah, it's it was really incredibly noticeable that she went super silent. Yeah, that's. I wonder if there's any awareness on her part realizing like the overlap of if she was speaking out against Trump, if she'd be. I wonder if that was intentional on her part. It would probably alienate a lot of her new bedfellows that have been that have know, been advocating for her not pushing, to be canceled. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, because now whenever she says anything political, she gets hit with "but your politics are terrible," and she's probably feeling very victimized about that. And to which I say, "You're a billionaire. Stop being victimized. Stop." <laughs> I'm so tired of people saying, looking at like their worldview being challenged as being victimized. Like, if you're right. if you're in a position of power and someone's challenging your power, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. You're just being challenged and you're being asked questions you never had to answer before or ask yourself before. Enjoy the fact you didn't have to answer those questions before. Now you do. I'm sorry. It's also Grow consequences up. for bad behavior also. Yes, it's there is. Just, exactly. That's know? freedom of speech. It's like, yeah. it's, you're not being, can- like, that's what cancel, like, I misunderstood cancel culture for the longest time until oh, someone yeah. told me the negative, con- oh, that's the negative side of it. I always just saw it as a, wait, if people just don't like what you say, it's okay to stop listening to that person. And yes. realize like that's what it is, and like, yeah, she's gonna get herself canceled. But she but. wouldn't. But here's there's a difference between a consequence for a bad view you have mm-hmm. and being canceled. She's being listened to by fewer people because they don't want her views in their life anymore. But she still has a platform. She still has her job. Nobody's not publishing her. A very big voice, a very big and powerful voice in the world. She's not getting canceled anytime soon. What she's doing is hurting the number of people who want to pay attention to her, and that's on her. Yeah. With Mads Mikkelsen, if J.K. Rowling wasn't transphobic, we would be excited about this movie again or no? I'm just curious to see what are they going to do? Like a new actor shows up. Is it mentioned at all that Grindelwald looks different? Is that going to be in the plot? Is it going to be like, oh, due to everybody out in the world, all the orders trying to hunt me down, I have to take on this appearance. And this is just what I look like now. Yeah, it's going to be something and, like that. Or if they'll make him into like a... And so, what do they call it? Metamorph Magus and like the Depp version of him was just one way that he looked. Are they going to make it? Sometimes he looks like Colin Farrell and for a while he looked like Johnny Depp and now he looks like this fella. Like, I just wonder, is it going to be addressed at all? Or is it just going to be like Michael Gambon shows up and that's what, you know, Albus looks like from now on and no one mentions it which way will they t- will they go oh that's interesting i'm assuming that they definitely going to address it on screen because the really? just okay. only reason but that was just me that i just assumed that yeah uh just because in the first one they showed him change on screen and reveal mm-hmm. and yeah so there's already that baked into that character that he used to look one way. Yeah, and they never explained another, that. They have to explain. They never it. explained yeah. it. But now the character design for this character is very specific with one eye, different color, and the bright white hair. Will they keep that same look for this person too, or will they again do the Michael Gambon and put him in purple the rest of the? Um. The movie. These are my questions. This is what I'm. I would love about. it if they styled him the same, like same contacts, same hair color. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I would because he's convincing. Like I liked it. The similar. I liked dude. the. Oh, see, I guess it would take me a minute to adjust if they didn't like. If they just like don't even address it. Like literally, it's just boom. No one even addresses it. Johnny Depp is just like never in the movie. Like he doesn't transform on screen. I think. I would get over that within 10 minutes and I might prefer that just because it keeps it clean. I still want to know is like, where does this Dumbledore brother come from? Like, where is she going to pull that out? Like, because that is my biggest question. And at this point, I know she just, I don't know, but I have, I more and more speculate she's made it up. And so what is she going to contrive to have a a fifth brother that Dumbledore didn't know about and for some reason learned about in the 40s and never... What? Yeah, and then (laughs) completely forgot about it and his autobiographer, not autobiographer, but his 
biographer makes no mention of it in Deathly Hallows. It's just so bizarre. Even if we don't go see the movie the second it comes out, we're still going to find out like what happened. The fact in my head of the matter is that this was all a big shice by Grindelwald and that he recognizes that Credence is his best chance of defeating Dumbledore when they have their little blood pact against each other. So Grindelwald can't hurt him, you know, himself. And he had to find a way to make Credence into a, the most effective weapon he could. He- and so that involved this big elaborate ploy to convince him that he's related to him somehow and abandoned him and is the reason that he's been an orphan and all of these things, basically putting it all on Albus, like every awful thing that's ever happened to Credence is, is Albus's fault. Oh, you know? I think it's too complicated. I think they're probably just doing some retconning. Yeah, I just, the 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 way that they revealed Dumbledore's, like him being a, a Dumbledore, to me, seemed to be like a, an omniscient point of view and so like the, from the story like a storytelling point of view it's not as though like that seemed to be a reveal to us as the audience not like a, a trick or something if it is a, if it is him tricking fine that'll keep that'll yeah. keep the integrity of the books but yeah like i i think whether I, I agree with melissa they're gonna retcon just like McGonagall's just retcon. She's not there for a reason. It's just because some suit was all like, "Hey, McGonagall here. We want to see young McGonagall." Okay, and that's all they did. Like, I, yeah, I've right. lost faith in this in this story having the continuity that they claim to want to have. Oh yeah, especially after the carelessness of that second one. Like, they needed someone to tell her no or to explain the pacing needs to be fixed. But whatever. Look at mm. me, my high horse talking. Blah blah blah. It's Industry. true. I do. Yeah, I do storyboard every this. day. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it way is, more yeah. qualified than me or John to talk about what the what these. Yeah, you know story what? I apologize. Are. I was just being self deprecating there. I do know what I'm talking about when it comes to some pacing and storytelling. Frankie, I'm so proud of you right now. It's there true. You like, I know what I'm doing, and it's just like this. <laughs> place, this this feels wrong. It's interesting. I like the model that has is being set by the Mandalorian, and that you have these new stories taking place within a well-known like fandom essentially like the star wars same i guess some of the same characters a lot of the same rules but completely different creatives uh involved and it's very successful and i could imagine a very successful either series or additional films one day that takes place in the harry potter universe. oh yeah Mm-hmm. And uh, it just has different creative people writing it. Hey Netflix. <laughs> hey Netflix. All right. So speaking of Hey Netflix, our next segment is going to be about the mystery of magic. Yep. One after that will be about the health buffs, and then we'll see you on the drums. Boop boop boop. Cool. All right, guys. It's time for another Potter pondering. So this Potter pondering: Under what circumstances do you think a Hufflepuff would ever turn to dark magic? Why would a Hufflepuff need a circumstance? I am most scared of Hufflepuff villains. You Are you the, not scared? Mm, Sorry. Well, I mean, they did make a point to say that of all the houses, Hufflepuff has turned out the least dark amount of wizards or none. Hagrid said that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, if you were a Hufflepuff Death Eater. <laughs> Way to reduce them to food. The yeah. books reduces them to food. Let me be clear. I don't see that as a negative. <laughs> I see that as a <laughs> wonderful aspect of people and they love food. But I'm saying yeah. they do love their foods. Mm-hmm. I would think I could see a Hufflepuff, like I could see a Hufflepuff going like, you know what? I will learn dark magic. I will corrupt myself if I'm going to be, if all saves my family. Like mm-hmm. I could see someone doing it sacrificially. Like I know this will poison yeah. me eventually or get addicted to this dark magic. But if I know if my addiction to it will be, will be saving like 80 people from not having it, I can see okay. a Hufflepuff doing that and then it coming out of control and being really weird. Cause, but isn't know. that the logical end of Hufflepuffdom? everybody's loyal to something and Hufflepuffs if they're so loyal to their ideas or so loyal to a person if you take that to an extreme don't you always end up with a villain I think Hufflepuffs are dangerous I have we never discussed this before no you think the Hufflepuffs are dangerous I've never heard you say that they are because loyalty loyalty is a trait that is portrayed as good but is almost always the reason people go bad yeah there's greed and ambition and all that but loyalty 
to a dynamic authoritarian figure mm-hmm. can wreck a world. Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't <clears throat> thought about that. That's you know? true. Because I do, there was that caveat, because I guess in my head I've always drawn the line between, like, Slytherins and Hufflepuffs hold hands in the sense that they are both very loyal. And I always said Slytherins would be loyal to a fault. But so you're saying that is maybe not a fair assessment. You think Hufflepuffs could be loyal to a fault as well. Why do you think a Slytherin would be loyal to a fault? Like, if, like I could see a Slytherin would lie knowing that the Slytherin, yeah, he did that crime, but I'm going to lie to protect him because he's Slytherin. I don't know if a Hufflepuff would do that. You know what I mean? If a Hufflepuff caught another Hufflepuff embezzling magic or something, and they'd be like, "No, you need to, you actually need to go and face the repercussions." Or I could, like, and Slytherin, I always assume like they would cover up each other's mistakes just to protect each other. But you're saying mm. Hufflepuffs would probably yeah. do the same. That's fair. We're forgetting I just about never... the fairness side of Hufflepuffs. I think to be clear, uh, let's be clear. I think a lot, like a lot of Hufflepuffs are, are what we perceive Hufflepuffs to be: the, the yeah. like soft, fair wants to do good in the world have a line where they won't be evil like for sure but for those for whom loyalty is the leading characteristic if they start down a dark road it can Mm -hmm. go real dark and they're not the most intellectual but hufflepuff they're not like in the last battle they were the only ones that didn't have anybody leave you know what i mean so they are pretty brave yeah. I don't think that makes them brave. I think that made those Hufflepuffs loyal to the right thing. But what about the Hufflepuffs that are loyal to... It's, it just depends what you're loyal... Like, loyalty is a, yeah. a word without charge. It's yeah, exactly. positive or negative. How you channel that energy is very important. Well, I think we should try to like draw the line in the sand as to what we're saying it means to go dark as right. a wizard. If you're a Hufflepuff and you and your little Hufflepuff click say for whatever reason you start to sympathize with bad people bad wizards dark wizards but you don't ever do any dark magic yourself you wouldn't be what you would call a death eater are you at that point by not even association but by what you admire are you a dark wizard at that point oh god so many allegories (laughs) it's so it's so i don't want to like anger every hufflepuff that listens because i'm a little afraid i'm a little afraid too but listen we we talk about here's what i always say about hufflepuffs and this is not necessarily dark but they're kind and good until you try and hurt somebody they love yeah and then we joke about like honey badger don't care hufflepuffs with a slytherin secondary are like watch out they'll cut you <laughs> yeah. It yeah. will happen. Sure. The honey badger don't care. Hufflepuff. I think there's like a type of yeah. the same way. There's a type of Gryffindor that follows Voldemort, like Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. You know, well, yeah, and yeah. There are definitely some Gryffindors that are in MAGA or whatever. Hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Jacob Wall's a Gryffindor. He's a oh idiot, no, but he's a Gryffindor. He's Who? the worst. Jacob Wall. He's this. He's this total dunk. That start that yeah. d- does all these really half baked <laughs> schemes to try and get Democrats in trouble, and they're all stupid, and they're all seen through, right. and they're all criminal, yeah. and he keeps getting arrested, and he's he's like the world's biggest clown. Yeah, but he's it's, pretty brave. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. There's no fear there, and that is pretty Gryffindory yeah. to just you know, wait to be brave. You have to have fear, otherwise it's not bravery. If you're not afraid, you're not being brave. All right, in my opinion, would be more of a slither than that guy. The lines are very small, but yeah. the okay, this okay, but the circumstance. So sorry, I'm going on a whole like Hufflepuff can be dark thing. That just just that that's the premise of what I'm saying. They can be dark. And well, the premise is that it would it it should take something significant, right? Like for them to feed that dark piece of them, because everybody presumably right. has a dark potential. There's nobody out there that's completely uncorruptible. And we're saying that if you're in a group like Hufflepuff that is known for these characteristics that make it so they are least likely to want to join the Death Theaters, what could happen in a Hufflepuff's life that could pivot them in that direction? Like the first one I thought of was like the death of a significant portion of their, you know, loved ones or Mm -hmm. their, their, their personal group that they would have been previously this is the most these are the most important people to me i'm loyal to we're loyal to each other and and then to be off on an island separated from all of them permanently like you're probably very much like susceptible to being taken advantage of at that point because you're vulnerable yeah 
I think that the premise of the question is a little bit deceptive because I think w- what we're what we're seeing now, and this is the point I'm making about mm-hmm. Apple Pops, is the same point I'll make about every single house. Yeah, it doesn't actually take much. It takes being unwilling to stand against rather than actively choose good. Everything that's happening in our country now is because people are just going along with the flow and not standing up. Everything, every bad. Every terrible thing that's happened basically in the world has been the triumph of not enough people being willing to stand up. And so when you have that, that Harry and the Potter song, the, do you want to be a Death Eater today? Runcorn. Runcorn just shows up to work at the Ministry of Magic and does his job because he's loyal to whatever his job or he's craven or whatever it is, but he's just living his life. He doesn't see massive destruction in front of him. He's just living his life and doing his job. And he doesn't realize that he's a Death Eater. And the house that is least likely to draw a line in the sand mm-hmm. is Hufflepuff. Yeah. So that's why I get I, a little bit like they're a little dangerous. I can't argue with that. It's interesting. Right? Yeah. I hadn't thought I hadn't considered that the, before. Yeah, the question is I think what makes the question or at least the the bias I entered the question with is thinking like, okay, yeah, they would be the because there are different types of bad in the world. And so in the type of bad that was like a Voldemort charismatic leader who's going to like actively hurt people, like use strategy, Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff is, yeah, I can see how that a Hufflepuff becoming a Voldemort type is unlikely. But your Voldemort can only be there because he had people going, huh, looking the other way. So it wasn't his magic. It was literally the people willing just to let him do that. And so that's a really fun, interesting point. Because, yeah, a Hufflepuff. But I do think that if you did get a Hufflepuff who did go so far gone, he would be worse than Voldemort. Because it would be like a Mike Pence versus a Trump. Oh, God, that's so editorialized. Sorry. But (laughs) but I do think. It's it's Mike Pence versus Tom Cotton. You're right. I think like it's like that mild matteredness. Tom Cotton, I think, is a full Slytherin. But that mild matteredness. (laughs) <laughs> is a trait of Hufflepuffs. I don't think Mike Pence is a Hufflepuff now that I think about it. I don't want to insult Hufflepuffs like that. <laughs> Have I had to sort Mike Pence? I don't know. I don't want to give him that much credit. Ooh, that's such a, <laughs> a dig at Hufflepuff that I didn't grab. mean. Yeah, it's all just different types of things. How many backhanded <laughs> slams on Hufflepuffs? I know, and I'm not today. meaning to do that. I'm sorry, no. so, Hufflepuffs. <laughs> but like, how do Slytherins deal with... Uh, what must it be like to be a Slytherin and have... Every kind of sleazy person be like, oh, yeah, that person's such a Slytherin. That would be so frustrating. I'd be be annoyed. What do you want from me? I'm just trying to be a Slytherin, just trying to get an education. I I ain't interested in that pure blood crap. Like, I don't like those guys. Like, I'm not in their brand. But at the same time, you have to realize that those people did a lot of hard, horrible things. So. Yeah, I do acknowledge it, but would you do you want me to renounce the house and, and leave Hogwarts or ask the hat to put me somewhere else? I don't think the hat does that. So what do you want from me, guys? I want guys? you to model a good ambition. That's what I want to see modeled. To do good what? Good ambition. I want them to model a oh, good sure. ambition. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what that's I want fair. to see. That's fair. That's possible. It's super possible. I just think it'd be so frustrating to be like, I'm just trying to be a good one, y'all. I'm just like, trying to be a good one. Like, who are the Slytherin role models? Like, you would think for as many people that they could hold up as don't be like this person, they should have posters Merlin. in the common room and be like, this was a Slytherin that really <laughs> did so many good things. You should be Sorry. like him. Be like her. <laughs> Imagine, I don't know. I know he didn't go to Hogwarts, but like poster of Grindelwald, poster of Tom Riddle. Right, don't yeah. Don't be like this guy. Don't be like these guys. You know what? They did when they were here. They're looking for Horcruxes. They were screwing around with this kind of magic. Don't <laughs> do it. That'd be so funny. They're like looking for Horcruxes, and a bunch of people are "What are Horcruxes?" And the teacher's like, "Oh shit." <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the Slytherin, the Slytherin trainings when they're like, when they have to like go through like a house training yeah. program to work out of their bad um, instincts because <laughs> of the ambition. That's so right? sad. All the houses should have it. Aww. Gryffindors can be bullies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is tragic that history of magic was such like an uninteresting topic at that school, taught by a ghost that just had no like sense of communicating history in an exciting way. Because like you would think <laughs> that useful. you would want to teach these people about how previously ma- magical people used their magic in ways that was bad for society or good for society. Like it, it shouldn't be a boring topic you're empowering these people to affect their world in so many dramatic ways and you're not going to give them context for like 
people that came before them. Yeah, she just used it as a comedic device so she didn't have to write content. It was just funny that he was boring and asleep. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of kids hate history class for that reason. It's just, yeah. oh, do I care? It happened a long time ago. Recitation of facts. Right, yeah. Man, Wizard Podcast would be really good. Oh, Could you imagine the fun. Dan Carlin of, of Hogwarts, of the Wizarding World? That's such a great topic. If who? wizards had podcasts, what if kinds of podcasts, podcasts would be popular? But who's, well, we Dan, have our, who's that name you brought up? Dan, Dan Carlin's, he does a his, history podcast, and all his episodes are nine nine hours long. And it's just oh, him geez. telling amazing, fascinating, cool <gasps> stories. Yeah, it's great. It's Ooh, what history. topics does he have? Just go look at his podcast. It's crazy. Ooh, did Hardcore he... history with Dan Carlin. That sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> that should be another Potter Ponder. Yeah. <laughs> Next time. Let's, let's, so, uh, death of a loved one, I think we've decided. What about getting kicked out of school for something that wasn't your fault, like ha- the Hagrid situation? I think what I think you're onto something there. If Hufflepuff's main trait and what they admire is that they're loyal. Yeah. What if they mm. find out they've been loyal to the wrong Mm, yeah. Thing mm. wouldn't, or that the institution, because what is dark, right? If the yeah. institution has betrayed them, they could flip and become like anarchists, not realize that they're doing dark stuff until it's too late and people are getting hurt. They're just fighting the good fight, quote unquote. What kind of relationship do you think the ordinary magical person has to the idea of doing dark magic? I feel like it could be very similar to hard drugs. If yeah. you think about the fact that there are there's some good magic, there are some good drugs. If you abuse the magic or if you take things that you shouldn't take, like the outcome could be this. Do you think that if you're magical that there's this idea that like you could do just a little bit of dark magic and it won't corrupt you and it's okay. Once you go dark magic, yeah. like you're going to continue to do it. You'd be an addict to the dark magic. I don't know. That wasn't in canon at any point that like the idea of doing dark magic would make you want to do more of it. I think the idea of power being seductive. Yeah. Yeah. And dark magic being an abuse of power. And that's kind of the whole reason they would even have a restricted section. So I think it's okay to infer that logic. I was always annoyed that there wasn't more common known use cases for the restricted section. Who was it there for? This is a library that is still in a school. If the students were never meant to be in there, then move it to somewhere in, into the ministry. Move it to another building. Unless it's common that there are some students that are trusted with this information. I why think, still put it at Hogwarts? I think that there is I think there's some lines of uh, dialogue somewhere talking about how Dumbledore allows this teaching while other people don't. Dumbledore's restricted section might be a lot smaller than mm. it's almost like oh, the band. Yeah. So it, and then the books are still there, but they're just restricted. It's just you have to have a teacher's note. But I honestly think Dumbledore's restricted section would be smaller mm. than like a McGonagall. I think McGonagall would be like, no, yeah, like I'm just going to gatekeep this a little more than Dumbledore. Did. Imagine Umbridge. Like, did Umbridge expand the restricted section to include half oh, the library yeah, at that point? Right? She's yeah. Like, oh. You don't need to be learning about magical contraception. Like, you should just not have any magical sex. <laughs> yep. All right, we've uh, strayed. All right, we strayed. That means that it's done Potter pondering for the week. How do they send us their Potter ponder? You can send us your Potter ponder at Twitter at Pottercast or email us staff at Pottercast.com or find us at Pottercast Pod in, on Instagram. Send us it in text or record your voice and maybe you'll hear yourself on Pottercast. Ooh. So what do we want to spin off next before we start remaking Beetle the Bard? What do we got? So this week we've landed on a new miniseries about the unspeakables. Remaking Beetle the Bard? Well, making it in the first place. They should. They that's one I think they should make like a little anthology Netflix show. Uh, oh, little cute. shorts, like a little children's animated show? shorts. Oh children's my shows. god! And you can do just if it wanted a different animation style. Oh. I mean, I don't want them to make anything anymore because yeah, of how I feel. But if yeah. they're making one, all right, all right, Unspeakables. Tell me more about these Unspeakables. They are the folks that's well, it's the name for the folks that work in the Department of Mysteries because they have all of these like secret things that they're doing down there and they're not allowed to talk about it. We only have a little bit of canon for Unspeakables. There's some dude called Bode who uh, we know was like, uh, they were trying to steal the prophecy from the Department of Mysteries. 
If he got attacked by the Mimbles, Mimbletonia, right? Well, yeah, in the end, he went to St. Mungo's and they brought a devil's snare and uh, it choked him out. Oh, it wasn't the Mimbles? <laughs> it wasn't the no. Mimbles? No. It wasn't the Mimbles plant? <laughs> Another <laughs> Neville plant. didn't kill Bode? <laughs> Can you imagine if he did? <laughs> and then I it's brought in my Mimbus Nimbletonia and killed Bode. Okay, so he tried to get into well the, for him. He tried you know, to get into the prophecy room and went crazy, right? Uh, yeah, he was imperious to do so, right. and it did not work. Yeah. Or it was because he touched a prophecy that wasn't his. All those prophecies oh, are enchanted nice. to attack anybody that tries to move them or touch them if the prophecy wasn't about them, which really makes me wonder: How did they land there in the first place? Like, surely. The person who was the subject of every prophecy was not the one to hand, you know, transport. Well, no, I think when it's placed, the it's not about the prophecy. I think it's about its placement in the ministry. So the only person allowed to take from it would be the person it, it concerns. Yeah, right? I think the magic is that the the prophecy just appears, oh. right? Like it's not somebody doesn't go down and put them on a shelf. The so like anytime anyone gives a prophecy, yeah. oh, a new I see what you mean. Created yes. in, in the room. Like, what yes. they're just learning, and it's like a really shitty prophecy. Usually, <laughs> it's like. Tr- I mean, that was the whole. I mean, that was the whole plot of book five. Are all of Trelawney's bullshit prophecies in there too. <laughs> like, how do you even know? That was the whole point of book. Because that's the whole point. Like, they he, she doesn't do it very the real way very often. Yeah. Scrawled on the front of that prophecy is. Like, do, do they charge <laughs> like rent to the seers that are making too many prophecies? I don't know, but this is the show. Well, not quite Wait, the show. I have a, the show is, is uh, you work in the Department of Mysteries. So and... is this like Alias, but for wizards? Ooh, will that mm. be an horror show? No, because that's, no? horrors are cops. I thought they were like FBI. They could be FBI, but she was CIA. She was a spy. Oh, that's, oh, that's true. She was a spy. That's right. Okay, yes, 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 yes. So are they spies yeah. or... They just do things that nobody can talk about, like they work in like antimatter labs or something. Yeah, I yeah, could that's see them what I as think. Being like CIA, like they they just can't talk about their work, like whether it's something to do with some kind of national security thing or what is it that we know about what's down there. We could start there. Okay. We know that. Yeah, it all seems specialized. Like these would all be white collar work. You know what I mean? Like magical versions of a physicist, magical versions of of, an aerospace engineer, magical versions of all this stuff where it's like highly trained skills for the purpose of the government, maybe? Mm -hmm. Like they already have this idea of secrecy for the Muggle world, but they have a layer deeper than that that's like secrecy from the rest of the magical world. Ooh, that's a good point. Because they have to be given code word clearance to magical concepts that... Not every yeah. wizard should maybe be entrusted with, like how space works. And well, how think about one of them works. is one of them is time. There's mm-hmm. like the time chamber, which is where all of the time turners that the ministry had were kept at one point, and and we're told that at the moment that Harry and his friends just decided to sneak into the most secret place in their country, and they destroyed the whole prophecy room. That somehow. The time chamber was all affected as well. Also, the ministry was supposedly, like, I don't, this whole bit of canon is a little weird. Like, the idea that the ministry destroyed all of the time turners because of something that happened. It's Molly running after after Ron to remember his plot point. It's like... It sounds like something that the un- un- unspeakable would tell you. Like, okay. oh, don't worry about it. Those time turners that you found out about, we got rid of them. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So, Well, didn't I we ha- see? Oh. Sorry. I thought we saw them get broken because that guy. Remember he, his head fell through the bell jar and then he got a we, baby head? We do, but it's, let's get rid of oh. all these time turners. They represent incredible plot holes. Let's get oh, rid of them. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Like in, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. within the canon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have an idea for this. Yeah. It's like CSI, but it's each room at the in the mystery. So in the first series is like space, and the second series is time, and the third series is love and whatever death, and it's Black Mirror ish. Where mm-hmm. I was gonna tell you that yeah. it's episodic but thematically linked over one series to show the the weird dangerous implications of say working in time so say we're like yeah. doing the time series what are some things that would be in that 
It would be a short story where you would be following a 10-minute story of this little girl maybe going to a playground. And at the very end of it, you see an adult staring at her. Mm-hmm. And then, then in two weeks, you get the episode of her traveling back in time and watching yourself as a child. You're like, yeah. oh, that was her the whole time. We're like, we can engage unchronological storytelling to go with a time travel story. So it's even part of the narrative that like, oh, we're jo- kind of like how Dawn was introduced in, mm-hmm. in Buffy, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. we didn't know it was supposed to slap us in the face to introduce that type of storytelling where the fourth wall is intentionally misleading, yeah. but not incorrect. And the first episode of the first series should be time and should be the hook that gets mm. everybody in, which is Harry casting the Patronus at the end of book three. Because that's an instance of a time turner. <gasps> yeah. There had to have been alter. many conversations. I got a great that. idea. What about we, like, the introduction to it could be something where we see, like, Harry, like, someone stopping Voldemort murdering Lily. Mm-hmm. And then Ooh. that episode is someone having to go back and be like, no, we ha- she has to get murdered. And so like you have to go back. The whole series leads to. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I just meant if you want to introduce these characters in a way, it'd be almost like a cold open of it. Like we see like Voldemort bake into the house and and Lily's there and all of a sudden something else happens. Like what? She didn't get killed. But then afterwards, someone else steps in and has to be like, I'm sorry, but you have to die. They have to let Voldemort kill Lily. They have to undo everything. At the end of the first series. And that's how we introduce our character. No, no, I was just like, that would be how we know these people. Because we already know Harry Potter. So it's just like, oh, oh. And then we get to know these people. Or like but, we can spin yeah. a whole series out of the ministry's efforts to stop Voldemort by using time, by oh. trying to stop that mm. night from happening and all the different ways it just doesn't work. And in the end, they're just like, no, this just has to happen. And they and they use a time turner to undo it, to let it happen the same way, like in Cursed Child. Yeah. I mean, it is yeah. Cursed Child. It can make, it can make Cursed Child, Cursed but, Child. But, but better. Yeah, Cursed Child but better. That's the subhead. It's like <laughs> unspeakables, time, cursed child, but better. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Boy, we're, we're fine. Well, what out. else is down there? So if you're in there, we have the time room, sure. We know that there's like the love chamber, which Ooh. like if time turners were the That's on that's on Skinamax. If they studied time turners, what did they study in the love room? That was one of the most dangerous it's, an, room. it's actually it's actually just an OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's, yeah you go into the room and it manifests as to what you like the one you would subscribe to it's, everyone sees a different room <laughs> it's a room of requirement but sexy <laughs> wouldn't the room of requirement be basically only sex stuff if all of the students knew about it I, oh sure that room would be horrible you wouldn't ever want to go into that room sorry it would be so version. clean though no because you would require would it, it to be though? clean would it the magic would help. It would seem clean. I'm sorry. It would I'm seem in a mood. Clean. All right, let's go back to our series. Okay. Love rooms down there. The death chamber. We certainly had a lot of scenes down there with the veil. That okay. Let me ask you guys something because death is such a huge, like, significant thing and like a, a thesis point of the series in a way. How would you guys want to address death? in an interesting way that's still respectful to the weight that the story has for it. Hmm. That is a big question, though. Like in the context of this show? Well, we'd have to... Would we have to know what happens beyond the veil? Exactly. Like, no. I think that's the great thing. Like, the ambiguity of the veil, but the finality of the veil as well. Like, it's ambiguous, but it really is something as well. Get a GoPro and a selfie stick and just (laughs) stick it in there. Have a little look around. The lovely bones, but I was yeah. asking Bree. I was like, if you put a hard drive on a stick and threw it in there, would your hard hard drive be dead after you pulled it out, or would it still work? And she like didn't hu- laugh. Like could you stream of Bly Manor I- style? Like it's just a room. <laughs> I think I just spoiled yeah. you of Bly Manor. Yeah, it could be like if you had like a, a like a webcam connected to a router. If it went through the portal, would it then just? get cut off or could it still right yeah it's like streaming and then it's the stream dies (laughs) the ultimate covid stream this is heaven (laughs) the afterlife yeah Yeah. boy because like why why is it behind a paywall why is it that like (laughs) sound is the only thing that can come out from the veil because you say that you get near the veil and you hear the voices from the people that are dead but and why only certain people could hear it yeah 
So my my favorite bit of headcanon about the veil, because like a separate question we've talked about and people have asked is like, what came first, the Ministry of Magic Mm -hmm. or the veil? Did Mm -hmm. they build the ministry on top of this site or not? And talking about how in a lot of European cities in particular, like they, like the older cities are built, or the newer cities are built on top of the older ones. And there's just layers of civilized human activity on top of each other. So like this could predate the whole area. Oh, I love the idea that they built it around the ministry around it. It's like the crypt that's at the depths of the Vatican. You know, yeah, like exactly. In the it. catacombs. So th- that idea of like it's such yeah. antiquity that huh. they just built around it. I I dig that. And I yeah. like that thinking that it's not the veil that's the magic. It's not the arch that's the magic. It's like the arch and the veil were put there to show oh. where this thing was, so you don't ac- accidentally walk into it. Well, it's let just me like ask you. Subtle knife. Yeah, I was going to say, John, in your head, is it something they discovered a tear and they built something around it? Or they did a ritual and, oh, shit, we can't stop this, but build something oh. around it. Was it intentional? Was it an invention or a discovery in your head? I, I would imagine it could be both, but not by the same people. No, but like, like just something had to. Something happened. The rift was created. Everybody involved in creating the rift got taken into it and over time this tear reduces to something that's small enough that people who could come upon it later said this is dangerous everybody who walks into this area is vanishing and never coming back let's build something here to show people that this is dangerous and also for some reason we're hearing voices and it's creeping us out but i don't know like I like the idea of every time it fluttered, it meant somebody was entering it. Somebody mm. died. Oh. That it was like, it's like a shift in reality because some there are lives being taken on, on and off the plane. So yeah. the reality was bending a little bit and the veil just goes with if it. If you were... Like, well, yeah, it's like, it's like water ripples. Yes. And so like someone, someone jumped into the pool, like even if it was across the pool, eventually that ripple will go and reach right. the other side of the pool. Do you think if you were standing by the veil... During a mass casualty event, you would hear louder voices in that moment. I think it'd be nice. It'd be fun if there's like a gush. And so like yeah, the curtain just settled like, down. Like, like it, yeah. When your house is really pressurized from like air conditioning and you open up one door and another door slams. It's yeah. like, that'd yeah. be wild. So what happens in this show? I feel like we've set up the like the sets we know what it's going to look like but like how well, it work i think i think there's two versions there's like a ci a csi where we have reoccurring characters and reoccurring like unspeakables that we know that we do different things or we have it be like an anthology show where it's not a, like it's just new characters every time we get 20 mm. minutes with these characters telling stories me i would lean towards the anthology one because then you have the opportunity to do like more see more of the world but mm-hmm. then at the same time character building stuff and episodic stuff like that is great because you get to really know these characters and have fun with it mm-hmm. so i think there are benefits to both personally i like the anthology stuff because you can have fun with different p- perspectives and points of yeah. view i feel like i could imagine something a little bit similar to the fantastic beast model of uh, newt running around trying to catalog magical creatures but these people are going around cataloging like unsolvable or just really unusual magical things that like no none of the magical authorities in that local you know area understand so they call in these new department of mysteries unspeakable people almost like ghostbusters that show up <gasps> oh. Like, oh so it's oh, like right. the comedy version it's like it's the no, yeah, it'd be kind like, of fun in that world. Like maybe it's a world where where it, it's nowadays 2020 Wizarding yeah. World, and it is where like, hey, Muggles and Wizards are integrated again, and now Muggles are helping out with problems around the world, and so you can, hey, we got this weird haunting in my house, and so yeah. a wizard could show up to address magical <laughs> issues that they were ignoring in the past, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, but with the yeah, comedic beat. Then it could be, yeah, that's fun. And I, I like the idea that like most of the time the thing that like they get called in for is like nothing too crazy. It's oh, it's a vanishing cabinet situation. <laughs> Going into your neighbor's house every time that you put food in this pantry, like they just weren't saying anything because they were getting all the free food. 
And it'd be really fun to lean into the fact that, like, you can really sell through comedy how terrible it's made these muggles' lives. Like, literally, yeah. it's been five years of torture, 20 years of torture for these muggles. But then the wizards literally could fix it in five minutes. They could be like, oh, shit, we should have been doing yeah. this a while ago, guys. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. it'd be fun to lean into that narrative and aspect and be like, ooh, let's, let's hurry up. That'd be fun. Uh, like a Parks and Rec, but with Wizarding World. Oh, I would watch that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, so we've gone from... High concept, Black Mirror, um, <laughs> like Haunting of Bly Manor, moody, thematic, all yeah. the way to bumbling Keystone Cops, Parks uh, and Rec style. I don't want them to be bumbling because these are meant to be like elite. highly trained, the elite squad, like in the way that like Arthur is the expert for enchanted muggle artifacts. Like, these guys are the experts in really bizarre, ancient holdover magics that, like... Yeah, all the more reason they'd be bumbling and eccentric in their own ways, but good at their one thing. Because, like, like, Merlin is in their world, but the the founders are in this universe, but there's not people walking around today that had the sort of magic that the founders did. But there might be some experts that could explain how they did what they did or maybe even interact with or augment or heal or repair or something. These really huge, powerful things. But the common wizard would be clueless. Yeah. Because but I like the idea of that these people have... They're really good at their job. Just kind of like how Leslie Nope was like amazing at her job. Sure. Or even Michael Scott. Like... Sure, he was kind of an idiot, but he had the highest sales. And so there's a fun way to do that, only especially if it's comedy. If it's not comedy, then yeah, you want to give them a more even footing. But it's fun to give someone really high strengths and then really silly weaknesses, because then just, I don't know, silliness. I like it. Would you watch this show? I would totally watch anything about it. Would we pitch this one to Netflix, or would we pitch this one to like a network? I think think if we do the procedural one, the one that would be more episodic is... It would be like CBS and one on CBS. And then if it's more anthology, yeah, we want it on Netflix. You can like stream yeah. and binge. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. We pitched okay. it. Let us know if you want it. Hey. Oh, gosh. What's all happening in your quarantine thing? What, what kind of media are you gobbling down? We just started. We just watched in all in one sitting. The Undoing. What's Our that? Videos. It's on HBO Max. It's Nicole Kidman and... Oh, I heard about this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. It was fine. But it was was like a whodunit. Mm. Instead, it wasn't really. But it wasn't really a whodunit in the end. So, I don't know. Did it have uh, that... What's that show? Like, Pretty Little... What's that one called? Big Little Lies. It had a very Big Little Lies vibe. Okay, I heard that it had that kind of vibe. So, Yes. Okay, uh, I, I can be I can be there for that song. But I, and the I, acting was pretty good? Or? The acting was phenomenal. Okay. More and more I'm enjoying these little... They're doing these sort of chamber mysteries on HBO Max now. And, and Hulu and stuff. Like these six to eight episode things, they don't have to become a three series arc. Yeah. And they just tell one mm-hmm. kind of short story and they're done. It's kind of miraculous. Yeah. I think it's it's good because it, it pulls talent of like people who want to do it without like huge commitment, and then like yeah. they get this six hour window in this character versus just like a two hour window. It must be so interesting for the actors as well because they get to be with these characters in different ways. I and love long format stories, and though. they don't have to commit to twenty two episodes a year. And yeah, all that. we just watched this Netflix show called The Society. Oh, huh. have you heard of that? It's like magic. There's a bit of like supernatural element in, in the like how they set up the, the premise for the show basically you have this high school worth of 17 18 year olds that for some reason that does not really get explained wind up alone in their town and trapped there without anyone else without any adults any other young children and no way to communicate or leave the town like the only thing that for some reason still works is their cell phones like text they can send simple texts they can't use the internet they can't you know they're like really restricted into what they're able to do and the whole show is about how do they survive how do they organize themselves 
and who's going to be in charge and what kind of rules will they make and what happens if they get sick or what happens if they're depressed mm -hmm. or all of these things and it's just like a modern the Lord of the Flies situation cool. where there's lots of infighting. I won't spoil them. Spoil it. It was a good watch, but unfortunately we found out towards the ends of watching that COVID was the reason that they canceled oh, the second no. season. So we're not oh, find sucks. out what happens to these kids. What do you what do you uh, think's gonna happen with I don't know, the all the television and movie industry thanks to COVID. Frankie, you got any insights considering you work in it? Animation, it, no, animation has gotten, it was one of the industries that translated to work from home almost seamlessly. And so there's yeah. been a lot of animation projects continuing because they didn't have to stop in production. And then it became a thing of, especially once the curve of like being people being able to record at home or being able to safely record, because that's the, that was the only gateway to like in the real world to the animation is the actor recordings mm -hmm. and then the music and everything as well. But that's the whole other thing. Well, I've been hearing that they're doing a lot of the actor recordings like at their own homes. Yeah, exactly. Like people can do that from home now. The yeah. ones that they realize they can, like us, we're recording from home. Right. Like we always have. Yeah. But they like, but now they're actors who are just realizing, oh, I can do this myself now. And they have, to, right. or they just had to learn that skill set. And then mm -hmm. I, I live in Vancouver and they film a lot of up here. I was, I, a friend of mine, like an acquaintance in the building is a, he is a stunt actor. And he, because he's a stunt actor, he actually is on set and he was telling me how like all the COVID protocols on set and stuff. So I think it just means the shows that the, the studios are willing, I think we're gonna get less shows because they're spending the money on the shows that they know are have an audience. Right. And so I think we're gonna get, I think we'll see less pilots for the next couple of years. And we're just gonna like be on existing franchises and whatnot. And they, they have to have a pretty strong following if they're going to go through all this because uh, i don't even do live action i only know of it like and i hear it's like well anthony because everyone does it differently and so all these actors have to like it's no there's no standard each person runs their set differently and it reference anthony the one that he's on star trek the oh, yeah. discovery and he is in toronto and they're basically in a bubble like he's he moved to Toronto with his partner and they're not going to be able to come back until the season's completely done. He's just in a little filming bubble wow. so that nobody wow. gets COVID so they're all trapped. <laughs> and he says it's fine, but it's it's insane. I was wondering, I was watching Saturday Night Live last night. Oh, I need to watch and that. it was the first time, because you know how they did them from home for a while and then only recently they started coming back to the studio and most of the sketches were people were pretty spread out. This episode, there were multiple sketches that people were right on top of each other again. And I'm thinking like, what's going on here? Like, this is really not a good look. Like we're trying to tell people how important it is to maintain the social distance and people they don't live with and all these things. And certainly all these people don't live together. So it has me wondering like, did they do a bubble for SNL? At this point, did they all have to commit to... I watched the Seth Meyers show almost on the regular, and he's had, he had, his very first guest that wasn't someone from his staff was yeah. an SNL cast member because they're in the same building and they're getting yeah. tested. I think they get tested every day or every three times yeah. a week or something. And so they, they do have a, a tight bubble and apparently they do it by zones too like you have to mm. i don't know but they were they were talking about it on screen probably for this exact reason <laughs> what are you guys hearing about uh people talking in your lives for christmas we're I'm we're like locking hearing we're like locking down here for a little while and then going we've perfected now going without stopping to his family's house in massachusetts and like yeah. staying there for a week more before Christmas and then going to because mm -hmm. his family has a second house so we're going to de-New Yorker fire ourselves for a couple days up there for to try and like mm -hmm. the rest of it's basically what we did for Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving we just went to Staten Island which is 20 minutes away and so we all stayed for a week and a half in our house basically and then we all got tested the week before and everybody came back negative but we still stayed far away from each other and all that stuff and that's going to be the kind of same thing that we mm -hmm. do so that people can see each other without it's worked so far 
I know it only takes. Yeah. But my mother stood outside in the in the cold to wait to get her COVID test, didn't bring a coat, and got pneumonia. She doesn't have COVID. What? They keep testing for it. She doesn't have COVID. This is your yeah. mom? Oh, She's seven years old. Why didn't she wear a coat? Come this on. is what I'm saying. Of <laughs> we all have too many things to keep on she our heads. She has a closet full of coats. Forget the obvious. I'm going to appear at her house, take a bunch yeah. of coats, and throw them in the backseat of her car just yeah. so that she always <laughs> has something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What about you all? I'm staying put. Yeah. Yeah. You too, Jay? Yeah, I don't know where I'm going anyway. Yeah. But it's just, it's funny. I have family in Florida and I have family in Ohio. And like, it's a mixed bag between some people are taking every bit of guidance very seriously and with an amount of understanding for the fact that, oh, these politicians, the people in government, they're not trying to like punish anybody when they say you can't do this and you can't do that. It's for the greater public good. And, you know, there's like a wide range of how people are willing to hear that and respond to that. And it's funny because like it does seem to, in some cases, fall across the same lines of where people fall with their politics, but not entirely. And some of it is a matter of age, it seems, and people that feel like, oh, I have most likely many Christmases ahead of me, mm-hmm. whereas some older people might not and some people don't even consider the risk they just think like Mm -hmm. they have this magical force field that their beliefs protect them from the reality of the universe and it's just like it is and it's and then you can't challenge them on that because then it it pulls at this like identity core that -hmm. they're not allowed to challenge objectively and so it becomes a really difficult conversation to have and things get heated and it's just exhausting you have to be humble and patient with people and when you people putting their beliefs over other people's beliefs is harmful yeah. and this literally harmful when it's spreading a disease but right. why are we getting political yeah. <laughs> sorry I, it's just it shouldn't no, be political. I mean, this the, the wild thing is that it yeah, is political exactly. it shouldn't be political. yeah like wearing a seatbelt it should not wearing have a nothing to do not... with who you voted for okay before we get too dark what a what <laughs> i don't know before yeah pretend like all this I know. isn't the biggest thing it that's is. happening it's, it's true. I mean, it's fine. Ever happened? And you, you, why not commiserate a little bit with some of your favorite Harry Potter pals? No. <laughs> Listen, it sucks. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I'm a small business owner, as you may know, and uh, mm-hmm. one that depends on people not just going out, but being excited to do so on mass. Being excited to be in a yeah. crowded space. That's my business model, and. <laughs> Wow, I can play victim about it or I can just work hard to get past it and be mm-hmm. excited for the future and we're choosing the latter because a lot of people are hurting and we're going to do everything that we can do. But it's like me saying, oh, I don't care. I'm going to have a leaky con. And if you don't come, that just means you you just forfeit your ticket. Yeah. That's never mind legalities or whatever. It's just morally wrong. Listen, it's a struggle, but we're everybody's doing the best they can in this. And hopefully soon we're on the other side. Yeah. yeah, everyone needs to realize it's a cooperative action. If we all do our part, it makes this a lot easier. If just half the people walking around don't have the ability to spread it anymore or don't have the ability to catch it anymore, just like the dramatic drop that will be in infections. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like surprised around Thanksgiving that there were not more people taking the opportunity to really come up with a clever tiny thanksgiving like you know how either how to make a tiny thanksgiving meal for yourselves for a group of two or three or four people or just some some company just backing like these tiny turkey thanksgiving mm-hmm. meals little free like, packs and make it super popular make it like the big trending thing that like here's like here's what we came up with and it's going to taste awesome and it's inexpensive so now we've got Christmas, and I, I think that there's still so much opportunity for there to be some creative people coming up with what are some, not like a new tradition, but what are some substitutes that we could come up with just for this year? To Pers- extrapolate that further, I think we have not yet begun to see the creativity boom that's coming out of this quarantine. You're mm-hmm. already seeing advancements yeah. in streaming and online events that, oh, yeah. that I've been waiting 
to occur. They mm-hmm. are rolling now. The idea of streaming an event used to be so incredibly hard and expensive. It's probably always going to be somewhat expensive, but you can see a world where this becomes the normal. Yeah, what I'm curious to see happens to these events. Is like part of an event in my experience, has been trying to decide what of the event you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Mm. And knowing you can't do all of it, you have to decide and coming up with your schedule or whatever you end up doing is, and if it's virtual and the physical and time restriction is non-existent, does that change the experience in some way? If you could not have to choose which panel you're going to see in a block of time where there's five of them, you could experience them all in an uncompromised way. How does that change how you put something like that together? These are all the questions we're answering every day at Mischief, so so stay <laughs> <Yeah>. tuned. <laughs> That's all I got for <laughs> you. Uh, tell us what you are doing in your quarantine. Staff at Pottercast.com, as always. Also remember, yeah. we're looking for some editors, so if you are interested in editing Pottercast, please write us. Blah. Yeah. A couple of you have, and I will get back to you ASAP. Particularly reach out if you come up with any interesting Harry Potter-inspired crafts. Like things that you can do at home. Yeah. Without like super complicated art supplies that like we could help oh. get the word out about. Because that's a fun thing to do. Particularly when you have kids, and there's, they're sitting at home now, and they're about to be on break. <gasps> or um, house-themed meals. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Send us all your Harry Potter the, related you know. uh, pandemic stuff. <laughs> Raven claws. Yeah. It can be chicken wings. Also, send us an email if you're interested in coming <laughs> and being on a co-host. I mean it. Straight out to everybody who's interested in being on Pottercast. Staff at Pottercast.com. Heyo. Throwing the doors open. I think that's going to be it for this here episode, y'all. Cool. Thank everybody for joining us. We promise we're coming back in a more consistent manner, and we're going to be updating <laughs> stuff with our patrons as well soon. So keep an eye over there and thank you for those who have stuck with us through all this wildness and yeah we'll see you soon okie dokie no not okie dokie i was expecting one of you to pick it up what's our ending keep twiddling those yeah. dials oh right yeah i thought we just said okie dokie <laughs> no 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 we've yeah. been doing this for 15 years the next password will be i'm just inside. waiting for him to do it i have no idea now i need to know what you're gonna say now i got need to know i'm not gonna say mine until i hear what yours is gonna be the next Password will be. I don't know. I got, I got <laughs> oh my god! There's like eighty thousand words in the English language, or something. Is it for I real? Know, there's a lot. Probably more than that. <gasps> I never thought to even think that. Whoa, that's weird to say. Words how many are words are in the English language? A lot. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I know, but I just in my head, it's like how many numbers are there? Like there's, there's, you can't say how many numbers there are, but there are. You can't because they're a, infinite. A set number. The numbers. I know. Right. But there are a set number of English. That's cool. Yeah, but it's, it's always it. changing. Yeah. There are 171,000 so words in the English language, abs- as a matter of fact. So pick one of those for the passwords. So go. Okay. Uh, how about how about just wear your damn mask? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Or keep each other safe <laughs> next, for real. Yeah. The next By password wearing masks. will be wear the damn keep mask. Keep each other safe and keep faith. A vaccine is coming. Yes. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>